So hello and welcome to the Woman is Born Free podcast. This podcast is based on the idea that every woman has a unique purpose and place in this world, but she can only do that if she's physically, emotionally, spiritually and mentally free. So this episode um, is something I personally care a lot about. It's all about creativity. And I'm joined by two people today, Sarah and Magda, both of them not their real names. They both of them trained as actors and are on spotlight which is the industry standard for um for acting um but both of them have sort of overcome different blocks so sarah's a mom to three gorgeous children and magda english isn't her first language which i think like we'll all agree um i think especially the world in you know performing arts and things like that it's they're two really big blocks and um, i'm gonna start with you sarah so you've got three children you work full-time and you've trained to the level of, you know, high standard in acting now where you are on Spotlight. I mean, how do you find the time for all that? i will just start by saying thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming and on. It's a, it's a great honour to be here. Um, so I'm just trying to think, um, how do I do it all? Well, I think it's, I think, first of all, it's a bit of a balance. And I think a lot of mums will relate to to be a happy individual, you've got to be a happy mum as well. But to be a happy mum, you've got to have something for yourself. Mm. Because if you don't have anything for yourself, you, I feel like you can get quite bitter because your love and your time is, is really stretched, especially between three people. So I think it's important to try and do something for yourself as well. Otherwise you get lost. You get lost in it and you lose yourself and you really have to come back and remember that you were someone before you was a wife or a girlfriend or a partner or whatever it is before you was a mum. You was always someone before that with needs, with dreams, with opinions, with thoughts. So I think it's really, really important to come back to that. And even if it is something little, if it's exercising or if that's mm. your passion, but having a passion, you have to find time for it. I do find it really, really hard. But what I've found is in today's society, most things are online, mm. which I find is really, really helpful. So I can, I mean, my basic day is I get up, I get the kids ready for school. I then go to my work, come home, finish my work off, get the kids, do what I need to do for them. If I need to do after school clubs or dinner or clean the house, I do all of that after about eight o'clock. That's my time then to do my, I do an online drama course, so I do, you know, whatever I need to do for it. But it's managing your time and structuring your day that I find is really, really, really helpful. Does that make sense? It does. And I kind of, I love what you were saying about when you're doing things like your purpose, it makes you like a happier person. Because I think like we see it, it yeah, like so many mums like they might judge themselves you know for taking anything for themselves and it's not just their fault because mm-hmm. like society we see you know we see newspapers like why is she out without her kids and you know there's such like yeah. people give mums such a hard time for doing almost anything mm-hmm. for themselves I mean mm-hmm. what would you say to mothers like who mothers that's very formal or mums like what would you say to you know mothers who do have these dreams ambitions and things like that and almost feel it's selfish or you know selfish to pursue them dreams I mean I know most mums feel the way I do and you know I was in this place a long time before that I felt like I was in a pit 
mm. of just everybody robbing me. And I know that sounds really, really deep or really, really horrible, and I shouldn't think like that. But I did. I felt robbed. I felt robbed of myself. I felt robbed of my dreams. I felt robbed of my life because even even added on that, you, you know, if you've got a partner or a husband or a girlfriend, whatever it is, someone that you're intimate with and, you know, you, you raise this family with, I, I also felt robbed by that because it was like an extra thing that I had to give my time to or mm. my love to or my energy to. And then at the end of it, there was nothing left for myself. Like I was like grasping at, at nothing there, like dead grass. There was nothing. And I think as well, I don't know if I'm going off topic a bit, but you're welcome partner as well. You think um, they demand that time for you, which is is you've really got to un- like see see the takers and see the givers. And I feel like mums are, are, are givers all the time because it's not an option for us. And I do feel like dads, it's an option for mm. men, it's an option. Like you know, if if it comes down to me going out and my partner going out, and we didn't have a babysitter, who's staying at home? Who's cancelling their plans because the kids need to be looked after? Who's doing it? Who's me? Of course, it's the mum most of the time, but hands down, because it's an option for the man. I'm putting, you know, I, I give it to everyone who's doing it, but it always does fall on the woman. And sometimes I think is that partially our fault that we just we just take it on because that's the expectation that we should. We should be doing it all. And really, you have to sit with yourself and think, no, I don't need to be doing it all, but I need to be selfish. I need to do something for myself because it makes me a better person. I know if I'm really, really snappy with my kids, but if I've had 15 minutes to myself or I've done something I'm really passionate about, it brings me back to enjoying them. So if you want to be a better person for, for not only you, for your family, you have to take that time because you're a human being as well and you don't want to be on your deathbed one day regretting everything and I tell you it was the best thing that I ever done because I grabbed it with both hands and I think I'm going to soar but I hope I'm going to soar anyway but and another thing as well I think a lot of people are scared that like you can get a really really bitter partner right because I think they think that you're growing without them mm. so that's another thing to take in it if someone feels that they're growing without the other person, they can get bitter towards that and put up more blocks for that mum. Mm. If you understand what I mean. So it's like a constant battle for your time. I Yeah, so I definitely, yeah. And I think with that, you know, because it's almost, I think sometimes as women, it's like there's this thing where it's like almost like, oh, if I want to follow my dreams, like, I can't have kids or I can't have a partner because we yeah, see these yeah. as like taken away from, you know, it's like I, well, then I lose myself. If I have other people yeah. dependent on me or if I'm in relationship with any other person in any way, yeah. it's almost like I have to give up my dreams then. And I'm going to bring Magda in now. Um, mm-hmm. Magda, I know you've wanted to be an actor like, you know, for a long time, like since childhood maybe. And correct me, have you made the decision to not have children or undecided? Um, to be fair, like this has been such a journey for me with uh, mm. with becoming an actor. It wasn't a childhood dream because I wasn't confident enough to start with to even picture myself somewhere out there mm. uh, 
wanted, like people wanting to look at me. I had no idea that I could be that. So I've done a lot of psychological work on myself. And only now, after like nine years of acting, I only start to see embrace the real me. Like this is literally the beginning. Mm. So if I, if I had a child younger, I would probably never achieve such great understanding of my needs, my boundaries, and my passions. So I feel like we as women are, um, I don't know if it's everywhere, uh, but I think everywhere, not just Eastern Europe, we are conditioned in a certain way and, uh, and we have to, uh, we are put on certain paths. So I did not even realize the depth of my conditioning and trauma until like recently. Um, so if I was a mother, I would not have time for these discoveries um, because this is a full-time job and it's a, the most wonderful and amazing job in the world. Don't get me wrong because uh, like I'm only starting to kind of maybe even feel that, that, that this would be something that potentially could happen in the future for me. But but uh, up until recent, up until like not even long ago, I was convinced that I'm not going to have children uh, because of this. Also the social conditioning, because the society I think is going that direction that they want to push women more towards career and mm. okay, uh, and far, further away from motherhood too. So this is like comes down to like divine femininity. I think that what who we are deep inside and uh, that we are nurturing and loving and caring, etc. So. Um, so I felt all my life that these qualities that I had were used and um, taken advantage of. So I was kind of like maybe suppressing and getting harder, uh, growing hard, thicker skin, you know, to 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 handle somehow, to to, to manage this world somehow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love what you said about uh, we need healthy mothers because I've literally just also thought about it that uh, in order to become um, to 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 be an artist and be a mom. You have to become healthy and get like start working on the traumas and and has, uh, have to do things for yourself to keep that life balance. So um, at the moment, I don't know if I'm uh, I am gonna have children, uh, but um, but I I feel like this would be a massive game changer if I had it earlier in life because of how I was uh, uh, how I was brought up really. Magda, I love what you said about that. Um... First of all, I want to say there's, there's, you know, what you said about society is kind of pushing mums like, to the other side. Mm. And I feel like you're yeah. so right. And there is that big difference between you've got these women who are like, you know, let's be free. Let's do this. Let's do that. I don't want to be a mum. And then you've got the other side of you should be at home. You should be cooking cupcakes and, you know, being a football mum. Uh-huh. It's finding that, that happy, happy medium of what it mm-hmm. what it was what it is you know and yeah I, I, I forgot what I was going to say it's really bloody important I can't remember what it was now you were saying something about um healthy mums ah right okay yeah when I had my kids the biggest thing for me was when I had them I thought shit I've now got a heel while <laughs> I have my kids and that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life Mm-hmm. hardest thing and I'm still doing it I'm still doing it now I'm still healing it still journeying yeah. through it I'm a suppressor yeah. I suppress everything I'm not a sharer I'm you know so it's been really hard for me having these little people who need that who need you know love and they need yeah. sharing and they need to be understood and their feelings validated because that's just something that was never there for me so my one yeah. thing I'd always say as well before you do have kids heal first don't don't because you don't want them to heal from you healing it's interesting i think sarah because like as you were saying like often i think in this day and age where it's like women are almost 
you know, pushed to be more career focused almost rather than family. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like it's seen as having children goes against your dreams, you know, because we don't have the time, you know, you don't, the assumption is you don't have the time to like write or create or do this stuff if you're raising children. But it's interesting what you say, Sarah, because this almost having, it sounds like from what you said, having children almost drove you to be a better person or, you know, to chase these things and to think about your actions because you had to. I mean, do you think in some ways like, being a mum has sort of helped you like you know like pursue your creative dreams a hundred percent because uh, when I when I look at my kids I want them to to know that I didn't just stand there mm. and just you know and just blend into the black backgrounds like you know I want them to go and do what they want to do like I can't tell you how many kids clubs that I've been to trying to find what they're passionate about um but that's why I work as well, because I need to be able to fund fund it all. And I think that's another really, really important thing that's not taught in schools is to teach women how to be financially stable, mm. because I think that's why you have a lot of women staying in domestic households or, you know, with their family or in toxic relationships. If if there's, especially if they've got kids, especially if they're a stay-at-home mom, because they haven't got the, the option to leave. Because kids, it's not just that you're on your own. You've got like three, I say it's that three. Imagine you're on a cliff and on that cliff you're climbing up. It's just you, right? If you've got nothing, no responsibilities or anything, or you've just got your mortgage on your back and your car payments. When I climb up a mountain, I've got all of that add-on three mini fridges. And that's how I'm carrying up this mountain. Then throw on my husband as well. I feel Mm -hmm. like he's on my back as well. You're climbing up this mountain to do it right to to get to the top because I feel like that's what that's what we do is we just we, we carry people on our backs when you just want to shake it off half the time and I think um, I think the financing yeah. is so important like I know none of us um were born rich by any stretch of the imagination and I think we see it like a lot of actors a lot of writers a lot of artists come from wealthy backgrounds especially in the UK um because you know you have to take time to study like go to auditions like all this stuff that is expensive you know like it's it's hard to pursue financially like we need you know we need food in our bellies and stuff and especially if you have children before we can go and like study things I mean for both of you like how do you kind of you know balance the finances and stuff like that and then also pursue these dreams so for me, I've always been, well, if I left school when I was, well, I got kicked out of school when I was 14 and then I was sent into like a, a unit for bad kids, which didn't go very well. Um, so I left that and I went straight to an apprenticeship in hairdressing. And that's what really changed us, well, changed me anyway. I met the best people there and friends that I'm still with. Remember when we was talking, Sophia, um, and Magda about our work relationships right mm. and I was these are the only people that I ever made friends with friends with in the workplace ever and they're my lifelong friends right yeah. so um, I went into that so I've always worked anyway and then I set up my business on my own because I wanted to work it around the kids because I didn't want to keep asking people to look after the kids mm. and when I mean asking people I met my mom or or their dad um, I really wanted that independence that I, d- I don't need to ask anyone that I can do everything I can still have my kids and do it all 
which probably isn't a healthy way of doing it. But still, I always wanted that security if, if me and my husband were to split up, that I could still do what I need to do without him. And I think it's really important to have that, to make sure that you can hold down your household, hold down your kids, hold down your job, hold down your hobbies without relying on anyone else, because then you feel stuck. Um, so the, my best thing was setting up my own business, which I've done, and I just worked like a dog. And that's how I, I fund, it, funded um, my drama school. And that's it. And I don't, I didn't like credit cards or anything like that because my mum, when I was growing up, got in, into such a huge problem with it mm. that we always had like bailiffs at the door. So I don't own one credit card for that reason. I like that. And I think same, you know, Magda, I know you're from a slightly different situation where you moved to the UK from Poland. Um, and obviously like with that as well, like I, I was in the UK, I'm in Sydney now, but in the UK, I did have the safety net that I could stay with my family who lived in London as well if I needed to. Um, obviously, if you're from another country, you don't almost have that safety net and you have to kind of financially look after yourself. How did you kind of manage to do that, you know, especially in a country that's not your next country and also invest in acting? Mm-hmm. I feel like... Um... Well, obviously, uh, it was it was again a journey, and uh, um, I, when I first came to the UK, I still didn't know that I uh, that I was going to pursue the dream of acting at all. Um, but uh, but I did I did have someone in in the UK that kind of uh, took me in for at uh, the beginning. Uh, but I, I immediately got a job though, so I started to kind of like started working in hotels, and hospitality, etc. That was kind of uh, that was happening for a while. Um, and eventually ended up uh, uh, meeting uh, at the very beginning of that journey. I met I met this amazing girl uh, who became my dear friend, and uh, she would mention uh, something about the theatre course, etc. But finances wise, uh, I was always self sufficient. Yeah, and I think maybe going abroad kind of forces you to to um, look after yourself, and uh, it somehow somehow worked out at some point I uh, I got a credit card uh, which uh, it, so I wasn't able maybe to save enough money but the, that credit card kind of helped me to to start uh, getting acting classes etc and then the, uh, then I, I think everything happens for a reason and then the, I got a little bit more uh, more credit etc exactly at the right time there seemed there seemed there seemed to have been like uh, this uh, force that was that was um, helping me out. Uh, I don't know what it was, but I do believe in uh, things happen for a reason. I do believe um, in, in intuition because that my intuition has been very, very strongly with me all, all throughout this time. I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was guiding me from uh, like negative situations, from toxic relationships, mm-hmm. etc. So I ended up, for example, leaving my partner at the time and and pursuing acting because he would be uh, someone that tried to stifle this dream uh, and uh, the excitement of it, etc. So, um, but yeah, but I think it all comes down to the fact that when you're abroad, you just have to become self-sufficient and um, uh, take care of yourself. It is a hard process because you do not you do not have your family very close to you, mm. um, and uh, I had days when I would just cry and miss my family, miss with my brothers and with my grandmother and my dog you know like <laughs> um it was hard uh, but at some point the UK became more of a home to me than Poland and also like uh, uh 
throughout the process of of doing acting, I I realized also my generational traumas, and I realized that maybe I was running away from stuff, some stuff as well while leaving when when I left the house. It was just so deeply rooted in me that I I at the time I couldn't tell what it was. There's so many more opportunities now to from for people who want to get into the arts from um, lower income households mm. or you know just underprivileged households there's so much more opportunities for people to get into that's what, that's the beauty of, of of the arts growing it's far more than when I was young doing it before to what it is now yeah definitely and I think you know I was saying to when some of the other I was speaking to people who worked at TikTok and we do you know technology like so many people it's, it's almost like you know in that old school it's like you have to go for audition and you have to know the right people and all this stuff and then now it's almost like people can if they've got something about them they can just make a tiktok or you know instagram i'm sure it's not that easy but there's more you know avenues in and to build an audience and um, i was going to ask so magda brought this up and i think this is a really important point about you know, I've got a male friend, God bless you, Ali, if you listen, who's doing really well as a comedian. And he, at the age of 18, and I've met other men as well who, you know, even from a really young age, they're like, I know I want to be a comedian and it's just going 100 miles an hour towards the skull. I'm similar to you, Magda, where, you know, when you've got all this trauma or you're not empowered as a woman or individual or anyone, it's quite difficult, you know, especially if you're not from like, are you always just going to act as Wikipedia pages? And I'd see like they were always from wealthy families and I was always like, oh, you know, I always like built that mindset. Oh, that, you know, that's not for me. And it wasn't until I built my own confidence and worked through trauma and things like that, that I actually was like, oh, this could be for me. I mean, for both of you, was there like a moment when you were like, oh, actually, like I'm worthy of this dream? Um, or did you always feel like that? I'll start with you on that, Sarah. Um, I think... For me, I was always, I always loved it. And I was always told that you're going to go far with this. Just do it. Mm. Just do it. You're so good. You're so talented. And I was always money driven. And I just didn't have the time to to do it or the funds to do it. So I was always more, I want to say practical, but that's a different outcome on it now um i got i got accepted to go into the brit school and everything but wow i was more i wanted money so i wanted to start working i just just thought just probably didn't have the confidence and you know be about it all um i wish i if i could turn back the time now i wish i could have done it um i feel like it was such a uh a difference but i guess things like that always always happen right and I think now I'm in a different I'm in a different circumstance follow-up question to that Sarah like you you know you mentioned you knew you wanted to do this from a young age like you got accepted to Brit school and then you you still obviously you know understandably wanted to pursue money and things like that was -hmm. there a moment like you had the children and then obviously you decided to go back into acting oh yeah absolutely what what drove you to that I was in the kitchen one day and I had my kids, two of my kids really, really close, um, 14 months apart. And I went from working full time to then sitting in my kitchen with just my knickers on, breastfeeding (laughs) one and feeding the other one, like her dinner. And then thinking, what has happened to me? 
what the fuck, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can spare or not, but what yeah, the sorry. fuck has happened to my life? And I looked like shit. I didn't shower for probably like four days. I was rough. My house was a shithole. I was broke. And I literally sat there and thought, what the fuck? And then that week was the first day that I met you guys at you know where. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and because I thought <laughs> I need to stop doing something. Not making any Voldemort <laughs> references. Let's not make yeah. <laughs> Carry on, Sarah. I just to do the ha ha ha. So yeah, that week, that week is when I went back into it. That was my first time going back into it. Was that week that I had that kind of premonition um, that I needed to do something for myself because I was I was falling deep. Honestly, you've got no idea. I was falling deep. I I don't even know how I got out of that pit because I clawed my way out of that fire pit to where I am today and it's so funny right because I wish you know all these people that I was before the same person but I wish I could go back and go to my younger self you know three years ago or seven years ago and then to back when I was 11 so when I was a kid Mm. and just be like god do you see where we're at now do you see Mm. And just, you know, really, like, I would love to be able to do that. Imagine if you could do that, you could go back to to that younger self with all them doubts and all of them feelings and all of that meanness and, mm. and just be like, don't worry, because y- your time is coming. You've just got to, you've just got to ride the wave. But yeah, that that's the time. I know the exact time. I love and, that. And in the kitchen and as well, happen, very yeah, yeah, yeah. true yeah. to the mum stereotype. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But hey, I love the kitchen. <laughs> but I'll never forget how judged I was as well. My partner really, really judged it, and he still does. He thinks like you know, dramas for a bunch of twats, really. It's, it's you know, he thinks it's because um, we think. I mean, uh, Magda, I know, you, like I mentioned, you don't have children, but you mentioned a partner in your past who was unsupportive of acting and. I've mm-hmm. definitely had um, ex-boyfriends and things, you know, I had where I said, if I wanted to do something creative or writing, it got completely shut down and ridiculed <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. you know, like how you had that in a relationship, like how did that, yeah. what did you do with that? Because obviously I think with women as well, like our passions and things like that, often we have to go against the people we love to do them mm-hmm. and you know if you're like you at your partner at the time like I'm guessing you were in love with him yeah how did you deal with that thing is like he actually my my partner at the time when I first said that I might do to theater and I might not be able to contribute as much financially as I, I was before he kicked me out of the house no that was that was really wow <laughs> that was uh, something but I had some supportive friends who took me in and he I don't think he actually believed that I'm gonna get out of the house that I'm he was by the way I, I suspect that he was a narcissistic personality so mm-hmm. now now that I'm looking at his behavior so I'm absolutely uh, no regrets whatsoever that I left <laughs> uh, but how did I do that I think I told you that I had this weird thing though that intuition I don't know what I didn't know what it was at the time but some force was pushing me towards better things and I listened to my friends I was always humble enough to understand that some people uh, you know if, if a bunch of people advised me the same thing and said something is not good for me I listened Rather than be like against all the odds and then like, oh, but he's this and that and that. 
So I all, I kind of always listened to people that, were, that I thought were wiser than me at the time. Uh, and that's what kind of helped me through it. But also it was that, uh, that push inside of me. So, so I couldn't explain it because I was feeling guilty about, well, let's say, going against my partner and, and moving out. Mm-hmm. But, but I still did it anyway. So I don't know what it was, uh, but it must be the intuition. It must be the feminine intuition that, I, that was guiding me through it. Um, and uh, obviously it, it did have, uh, my partners had an impact on my creativity, but that they all were like a, like a consequence of how I was brought up and how low of my, uh, how low I was thinking of myself and like how far away I was from my feminine, uh, strong, kind, creative, uh, um, you know, like heart and soul uh, filled with like, you know, passion and love. Like I had that inside of me, but it was so stifled by, by, uh, by narcissistic parent, by the way, that now I know that it was a narcissistic, one of the, my parents were, was a narcissistic parent and another parent was, the overcompensating parents. So my mom would try to, you know, do everything. For, speaking of moms, uh, literally my mom was trying to compensate for everything and to become this parent that was uh, incredible, but also like self-destructive in the process. Um, but yes, but the, the but the intuition was there. Uh, there was there was a bunch of amazing people that I met, uh, the friendships that I've, that I've created over the years in theatre, uh, like, I remember my first impressions uh, when I, because I started with physical theatre back in Scotland. Mm. And my first impressions of people in the arts were, was that they were kind and warm and welcoming. And to, even if they were the poorest people in the world, they would still mm. share their, their second half of their sandwich with you. Like, literally, with the type of people that you want to be around. And not only that, I met some people that inspired me, but... Uh, I had the biggest shock of my life, like first biggest shock of my life that I had during theater course was that someone that I admired, admired my ideas back and they appreciate wow. my ideas and what I had to say, what uh, my perspective on things. And that was a shock to me because I was never listened like that. And wow. not only no, never listened, but it was someone that I admired, that I you know, thought was a successful person. And there will be the ones that, oh, this is amazing. This is some good stuff. This is some good stuff uh, uh, from you. So, so yeah, so that was, I think all this journey was just so magical and so um, filled with this, uh, with this guidance, with this uh, hidden uh, strength, hidden, hidden um, power that was always there. So I don't know what it was, maybe guardian angel, maybe something, I don't know. But it, there was, it was always there. Uh, it was just getting stronger and stronger with time. It's, it's interesting. I feel like we've almost gone full circle there because you mentioned a bit about your parents. And, you know, they say with children, children, they look at what you do, not what you say. Or, you know, there's that thing, isn't it? It's like, do, do as I say and not as I do. And it's more impactful on us. Like our parents can tell us, chase your dreams, right? And they might not even tell us that. <laughs> if they do tell us that, you know, if they're not chasing their dreams, it's a bit mm-hmm. like... Oh, wait, okay, you're telling me yeah. to wait. both of you. And, you know, especially like a lot of our identity as women comes from maybe our relationship with our mom and how we saw our mom like mm-hmm. maybe starting, if I go with you, start Sarah this time, like, yeah. did you, you know, how did your relationship with your mom or, you know, how did you see your mom like kind of pursuing her dreams and stuff? Or was that something you didn't see? And how did that kind of impact you taking your dreams? I mean, uh, my mum, 
I'll never forget. My mum had the hardest <laughs> upbringing. Mm. I mean, she was, you know, strict Catholic. She got pregnant by some guy, which was me. She was kicked out of where she was living because she you were was the baby, marriage. not the guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Unless you judge my voice. <laughs> um, so yeah, she was, you know, kicked out. She worked her ass off, just you know, like me just trying to provide and she met another guy who um ran off with my first birthday's money she met my stepdad um but you know he he's good but she they, she she ran the household like she was cleaning working she was working three jobs at one time and, wow you know cleaning people's houses and then she went in um went to college to That's like my mom as well. yeah like my mom yeah, yeah. That's so she went to study and then it's so funny, right? Because um, as soon as she went to college, my stepdad went, got really, really angry about it. <laughs> he didn't like the fact... This is the thing, though. He didn't like the fact that she was going... Oh, my God. And it's like, like oh repeated. It's, it, I feel like this is a big male problem. Mm. Because you know what it comes back to? People growing without the other person. And they're so scared that they're growing without them or it's uncomfortable to think that, you know, this person is growing without you. They, mm-hmm. the only thing that they can do is, is you know, be defensive about it or start an argument with it. And I'll never forget my mum would have like an exam and he would start a full on fight before that. And you know who else does that is my partner. So I think it's so important mm-hmm. because I think as us as kids, we go out for the same thing. We go after the same, the same partners that our fathers <laughs> are like. And That's it's why I've been single do. seven years, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. It is though. We, we yeah. really do. It's really... It's just habit, isn't it, of what we do? You know, we, we know what we know and we know what is right. And for yeah. me, it's breaking the cycle of that's not right, that's not healthy. You've got to fix it. You've got to, you know, move on and show your kids that this is this is not the right right thing. But it's so funny because me and my mum, we never used to hug or anything. And last Christmas, she gave me a hug and I thought, wow, God, that's that feels really nice. We should do that more often. Oh, <laughs> and, that is so sweet. Yeah, and you guys know me. I'm not a touchy-feely person whatsoever. It freaks me out. I don't like it. I don't like people coming in my space. I don't know if you've been scratching your ass and sniffing your bits and not washing your hands. I don't like it. I, I, I have a personal bubble that my kids are only allowed in and to make kids. Yes. It's the only other time that it's allowed in. Okay. I feel and, honoured that you allowed me to hug you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, d- I just don't like it. I feel like it's an invasion. I've got another thing. You know, when people stare in my eyes for too long, I feel like it's a violation. Like they're violating me. <laughs> and it's, I'm going to have to fight you for it <laughs> because you're staring in my eyes too much. But since my mum done that, it's like, wow, I really, I actually really like that. And now we hug all the time. And I hug her tightly and oh squeeze her. And, just- yeah. You know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's we need that, don't we? Well. We really need it. We all need yeah. that. We all need that. Mm. I'm going to ask. It's almost like surviving versus thriving, isn't it? Just like, you know, like I'm saying, my, you know, these women are just so busy and they're just so focused on providing yeah. for their family. Like the idea of like pursuing their dreams was like not even on the table, I think, growing up. Mm. Absolutely. hundred percent. I was literally thinking that. And uh, what I also strike me that my mom was must be a freaking powerhouse when I think about mm-hmm. it. Like she, because she was, she was doing all these things, but she always remained kind and sweet and funny as well. Like she's mm-hmm. like this jokester, 
And, and we uh, thought they're the we also ones. wanted to sorry we put we think of the mums as the weak ones when we're younger you know what that's that's very true like sometimes you think you think about it but now i see like how strong she must have been to maintain at least a glimpse of that uh, sparkle that she has throughout all these years with my narcissistic my other narcissistic parent like the, i can't even imagine the power and the love and the kindness and like what 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 where is the limit because i don't think she has any limits and she you know similar to you sarah um my mom also wanted to pursue uh some education and she, she almost finished her uh, studies in history she, she was very interested in history and she never did because my my uh, father would be demeaning and you know he would be very very um mm -hmm. snarky about it and mean about it and she eventually thought it was pointless the same thing which he would take, uh, tell her it's pointless to do driving license for example mm -hmm. so it literally just like she, she she stopped doing these things because he would just make it so he would just annoy her into just giving up you know it's just like a you know how you very well know how narcissistic people are they literally are just babies trapped inside of um inside of an adult body that have constant tantrums and you have to take care of them but also they're very very witty and smart and they know exactly what they're doing with these with this manipulation so it's just like i can't imagine how, how much power and strength my mom has. So mm. I'm very proud of her, like, for doing all these things. Like, she, she's going to go back to educating herself. And she moved out from my uh, my father very recently. So it's just been um, incredible, like, the, that she's starting to embrace herself. And and, um, and just finally, life. Just, I love yeah. that. Just finally, because I know in true authentic style, Sarah is going to have to go. And we are on final question because she needs, needs to go and look after the children, which I love. Work, we keep it authentic here. And um, so bringing it to a close, Sarah Magda, thank you so much for coming on. Just finally, if you had one piece of advice for a woman who wants to, you know, follow her dreams, but maybe has a lot of fears, what would be your one piece of advice if I start with you, Magda? I was mute. <laughs> I would say just like stay curious, like b being curious about yourself, about other people. That's what's going to get you through all these different steps in your life. Like never, never stop being curious about everything. So um, that, that will, will, will make you look deep inside of yourself and will make you stop judging others for what they do because uh, you will be just wanting to know about them and what who they are and what they do, why they do what they do. Why am I doing things that mm. I'm doing? So I'd say just, just never, like, never lose that curiosity that you have. And same question to you, Sarah. One piece of advice for maybe a mum or just anyone generally who wants to follow their dreams but is nervous. Just fucking do it. <laughs> I love it. Just, just fucking do it. Stop thinking about it. Hey. Stop sitting on it. Stop thinking about it. Stop sitting on it. Stop what if about it. Stop sleeping on it. Just fucking do it there's so many options out there yeah. to do it and it's for an hour of yeah. your time most most drama classes are for three hours you could do that in the evening stop watching tv stop you know your kids are in bed at that time stop watching tv yeah. stop lazing about get up early work out eat right yeah you know be, be kind to yourself be humble be grounded be respectful and just fucking do yeah. it because someone else is chasing it the exact same as you. And if they've got that motivation to do it, nothing's ever going to change for you if you just sit and think mm -hmm. about shit. Mm -hmm. Nothing will ever yeah. change. You'll be in the same place you are today next year.
love that. Yeah, That's exactly. Well. I was, yeah, I was just going to just, add, do just don't allow. Yeah, don't allow one person's perspective on the world to impact your yeah. your uh, view on the world because that's yeah. also what's happening. Like that's why you're stopping very often. You just believe one person that this is your entire world, that what this person thinks and feels. So just go beyond that and just try and find out that different people's opinions and find out what you truly feel about the world. Yeah, okay. yeah, I agree. All we've got time for, Sarah Magda. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank inspiring. you.